0: Hey, you'll only have to do it six more times. Is that it? We've got six
1: more cruises left
0: until Mission Impossible Six comes out. Yeah.
1: What am I? What am I going to do?
0: Well, are you asking for recommendations, or do you want me to say what you're actually going to do?
1: I think that most people believe that you know when they listen to a podcast for a while that when you're off the podcast, you just go into your cupboard. Like Alex, Ben just puts Alex back in his cupboard, and just you bring me out again. When you want to do the podcast, okay. Like, if that you're the one, though, you're the one with a life. I'll be honest, you're not worth the storage space.
0: I would put you in a skip and call, I probably wouldn't even call the council because I wouldn't want them to know that it was me. Right. And then right. I'd just find somewhere else.
1: What am I going to do? Hi, and welcome to The Ornithology Presents The Cruise Cast. My name is Alex Balerdi.
0: Hello, my name's Ben Hyton. Hi, Ben. Hey, feels like ages since we've done this, but uh, it's only been a, a week. week. Yeah. We're recovering from Rock of Ages by watching another film from 2012, Jack Reacher, written and directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Oh, hang on a minute. That name sounds familiar. It well, does, Ben. Where hmm? from? He wrote Valkyrie for Brian Singer right right
1: that's why that's
0: why it feels so different he is also involved in almost every tom cruise film from this point onwards so this is the first of the adaptations of lee child's very successful jack reacher novels which i think are now number 22 23 something like that this is not the first of the jack reacher books i think this was the 13th or the
1: 16th or something like that right yeah. it's called one shot when 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 people have like written like 20 something books and you decide like you're not going to do them all, necessarily. How do you pick which one? Which book do we do? Well, in the case of this
0: particular franchise, the studio and Chris Macquarie basically said, well, One Shot is a great place to start because it's got all of Jack Reacher in it. Mm. And Lee Child said, uh, yeah, you're right, actually. That's a really good place to start. Go for it. Now, there's a little bit of controversy, or there was, well, there arguably still is, among the hardcore Jack Reacher fans because Lee Child pushes one of these books out every year now they always hit the top 10 bestseller
1: list do you think he's got like a team of monkeys writing it for him now
0: no he he literally comes up with an opening scene and then just writes free form he doesn't know where the book's going to end when he starts That's pretty it. amazing he's really candid about it in interviews as well it's really That's, funny because yeah, he's I'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to watch that someone <laughs> yeah someone said so you're like um 15 of the way through your next book now and he said yeah yeah so it starts with this he's like Jack Reacher will work it out somehow, won't he? I don't know how, but he will.
1: <laughs> well, that's the character, isn't it? And that's what's so that's what's so appealing about the character. We'll get into it more, but Jack Reacher is firmly the most compelling Tom Cruise recurring character of all his characters. He's the most compelling character that I've ever seen him play. I- I'm going to say that. Okay. Yeah, quite firmly. Yep, that's it. I'm done. I've said it. It's okay. Done. All right. What I was going to say
0: was there was some controversy uh, when Tom Cruise was announced as playing Jack Reacher because in the book he is described as six foot five and between 210 and 250 pounds. Right. Tom What's Cruise Tom obviously Cruise? isn't. He's five seven. I mean, he's pretty stocky, but I'd be surprised if he breaks 200 pounds.
1: 180? Yeah. I think
0: he's probably 180. Cruise came on as a producer. This is quite starkly I think one of the first credits you see a Tom yeah, Cruise production. Tom Cruise
1: production I've never yeah. I've never seen it the first two credits you see are a Tom Cruise production yeah. and then Tom Cruise
0: yeah but it wasn't always so he was a producer because he wanted to get this film made he wanted to help his friend Chris Macquarie get this film made because they'd worked so well together on Valkyrie Chris Macquarie loved the character and it was only into the production process when Tom Cruise actually went to Macquarie and said thinking I think might like to play Reacher, but it's your decision. And so Macquarie went to Lee Child and spanned this whole web for him about how casting works in Hollywood, and you need a star above the title who's going to you know, secure right, a right, fan base right. and returns on, and Lee Child saw straight through it, and he said, y- you're, you're thinking of Tom, aren't you? And they said, yeah. And he said, well, why wouldn't I want the biggest movie star of the 20th century in my movie brilliant
1: what an a- what a great attitude to have you know
0: and he very candidly said Look, there's a thousand things that are really important to get right when you do jack reacher his height is really not one of the most important ones
1: that's so smart it's so smart like to not be precious it's like people who get precious about um ethnicity yeah you know
0: like when michael clark duncan was cast as the kingpin well that that wasn't that controversial it was pretty a lot of people were not happy. Really? with like, The kingpin is not black. It's like no, but Michael Clark Duncan is the kingpin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he
1: works perfectly. There's nothing wrong with him as as the kingpin. In that Troy and Abbott. What's Troy? Donald Glover. Yeah, D- Donald Glover's um protest about there not being why can't there be a black Spider-Man and yeah, and that's been answered like quite well, I think, by Marvel Studios in in the sense of how they're going to introduce Miles Morales' character. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool um ghostbusters like oh, female I don't, we, ghostbusters can't, we can't get into that no we it's can't just So but, dumb. but what i'm saying is that there's a dumbness around people people being precious about uh, character traits and i don't care because that emphasis on the surface level is what makes movies bad emphasis on story and essence and character development is what makes movies good yeah and you don't, you shouldn't really care like what the characteristics of a character are. Now, fine, like if he was going to be played by that kid from the American Pie movies, the really scrawny one,
0: do
1: you know the guy I'm talking about? <laughs> I do, yeah. I, I don't know, can't I remember can't the remember his name. name. Either. He's but the it's list. like, we're not going to believe him as Jack Reacher. I'd still watch it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> sure, right? So, so I, I take my hat off to Lee Child for doing that. So, so who is Lee Child? Is he have, he's not like some ex- army guy or ex guy No, himself. he he no. used to work. He's British. He's got a slightly right. Cornish accent. Cool. He's uh, He used to work
0: for Granada TV. Right. And, um, and he was in his 40s, I think. And he right. just made up the author Lee Child and made up the character Jack Reacher. And he right. chose Child because he, he went into a Waterstones and analysed where you stop and start looking at authors' names. And C was perfect for him, so he just picked that name. And so his whole modus operandi for...
1: That's that's like a Jack Reacher thing to do.
0: Exactly. And I think this is it. I think he himself is a very analytical person. Yeah. But his whole goal was to have a slightly easier life and make a shitload of money. Yeah. Well, mission accomplished. But in in the process, he came up with a character which was an alter ego for his wish fulfillment. You know, Lee Child is a very tall guy, but he's pretty skinny. He's pretty gangly. What's the word? You know what
1: I mean? He's a bit
0: of a Steve Merchant.
1: Blanky. Yeah. Steve Merchant. Wow, he's a
0: massive guy. Yeah, well, he's not as tall as him, but that sort of build, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and he's not an imposing figure. And obviously, Reacher is the kind of guy who can walk into a room, assess it, but also fight his way out of it if he needs to. Mm. So it, that's, that's where Reacher comes from. Mm. And I think in translating that to film, you need an actor who, like you said, doesn't necessarily have to fulfill the physical spec exactly, but he does have to be believable in a fight Right. But he also, more importantly, I think, has to be believable as someone with smarts.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, but so seeing as we're on the character now, right? Yeah. I've been, like, rewatching things from childhood, just, like, because that's what we're doing. That's kind of, like, the brand of this. Uh-huh. Uh, and one of those things was um, the original Batman the Animated Series. It's that, that sort of detective element of Batman. It seems to have just been absent from the more recent cinematic incarnations of Batman. And watching this... I could see Tom Cruise as Batman, actually. Wow, well, like, I
0: mean, if you really want some controversy on your hands, geez.
1: Yes. but but no different than the flack that um, Ben Affleck, Ben well, Affleck exactly. got. Ben yeah. Affleck. It was just a thought I had of like considering what they've been doing with Batman. If you actually just got Lee Child to write a Batman story,
0: well, or Chris
1: McQuarrie, or Chris Macquarie, yeah, but would be it's better. like. Just take the Jack Creature character though, and turn him into Bruce Wayne, and sure, and you get that detective element back into it again.
0: And one of the things I think Macquarie does really well in translating this to the screen is it's it's difficult when you when you do something like this because obviously in a novel you can have a characters' inner thoughts and they can have very long monologues with themselves, and that's very difficult to convert to the screen uh, sure. unless you have voiceover. Yeah, and one of the famous sort of Lee Child catchphrases that he gets into all of his Reacher books is Reacher said nothing that's he like how a screen. paragraph on its own like right. Reacher said nothing so that's pretty difficult to get into a film where you need Tom Cruise to do some emoting and some acting and quite a bit of talking as well
1: yeah but totally in this film it's but like...
0: what he what he does brilliantly Macquarie I think is these long visual sequences, like the first nine minutes of the film no dialogue oh my god and it's yeah, oh it's fantastic. He's so
1: good yeah. at very simply drawing out yeah. the details and the nuance of an image. How is it that in the first ten seconds of a movie you can know that it's a great film? <laughs> how does that happen? I mean, I've a already Tom seen Tom Cruise right? production. That's it, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. Not necessarily true. But i, I just I am curious about how. I, I know, okay, I've seen it before, but I remember getting that feeling when I saw it in the cinema. This is impressive. Yeah, like there's some great storytelling happening here with no dialogue, yeah. and it, that, that's what I'll, I'm going to keep coming back to. Is my comment that I'm going to keep coming to is the layers in each sequence, in each scene, in each exchange of dialogue. There are layers being told to us, and you can take it or leave it if you want. You can watch it as a surface level movie, and that's still enjoyable. Or you can look a bit deeper and hear hear what's be, not what's not being said. In most of the scenes, is what makes this sort film of fascinating and interesting.
0: Well, we'll get into a bit more of that. that's set up what the film is about. So right. that opening sequence is is really chilling, I think. And not just for the subject matter, but the way that it is portrayed. So we start basically with a sniper. Basically, he's setting up in a parking lot to shoot what appears to be just some random targets.
1: Yeah, and we know he's committed, right? He's making his own bullets and stuff like yeah. that. you just like, right, yeah. yeah.
0: Picking a good spot and shooting okay. from across a river.
1: yeah classic american suburban or, or i guess city horror setup in the sense that this kind of random shootings happen in america without any seeming any rhyme or reason there's a couple
0: of things tied into that automatically and i think one is that it's very similar to the beginning of the first dirty harry film all oh, right i didn't from right. from chris McQuarrie's point of view i think yeah. that's a statement to say this is the kind of film i'm going to do tough unflashy solid filmmaking yeah. Just like they used to do in the 70s. That's not to say that this... It's
1: not a 70s styled film, but it's in that same mould. You're right, and I wouldn't have picked that out. But I agree, it is, definitely. The other
0: thing is what you're alluding to, which is more now in hindsight than at the time. It's really chillingly believable when you look at some of the things that have happened. Take the shooting in Las Vegas the other month, and you can see the footage online now because people, you know take footage on their phones
1: yeah well i've not watched it i
0: don't i can't watch that stuff that that moment of terror you can hear set in when that popping sound in the distance yeah suddenly becomes a gunshot yeah and people start falling down and this film presents that in that opening sequence so brilliantly by having that long point of view shot from the sniper right but then all they can see all the people who are getting shot at all they can
1: see just a spot of light in the distance just a sound yeah, if if that yeah. if that. because of the how far away it is and and it is a bright day and all sorts of reasons and and one of the haunting things about it is that we're, look, we're looking down the scope that the, the yeah, yeah. shot is exactly. is that we're looking down the scope and it's quite well framed shot in the sense that when it's not completely down the scope with like black on the outside no
0: it's what you would more likely see with your eye you can see the periphery as well
1: and and so it it does create that sense of of being there more than it does the, the abstract sense of we're just seeing it from that person's point of view it feels much more like we're seeing it there's there's a good minute not even not before any shot is fired like just picking out targets like looking yeah looking for the for the target or a target so, and, and, I'm, and I only re- worked out in hindsight. Like, that's a smart thing to do so that there's less time between your shots. You work out where the people are going to be or where they are roughly so you can find them. And then you look, once you start shooting, you just, you go back and look for those people. How horrible that I only get an insight into hmm. a smart way of killing several people from watching this movie. And it's like, it makes you, it made me really uneasy that like, I don't like that I now know that information. I don't think it's a good thing that I know that information, and yet it did. It drew me into the into the sense of how senseless the whole thing seemed, and how horrible the whole thing seemed.
0: Especially because it does seem random. It's yeah. just someone who needed to satisfy their their kill lust. Yeah, right. The other thing that he's adding in there, so you've got the subject matter, you've got this horrific state of mind that you're being put yeah. in from the point of view. You've got the visuals, but then the sound as well. There's yeah. no score anymore. Yeah, it's great. You've just got the breathing of the sniper and then once the the gunshots (laughs) start ringing out, yeah, once the gunshots start ringing out, but not straight away, a little bit later, the distant sound of
1: screams. We remain there with the sniper. We're not taken away to the thing. And that is really good storytelling because it's like saying, we're not going to shock you by taking you over there now. We're going to keep it at this perspective because the crime scene is the central focus of the story the
0: victims aren't the story the shooter is the story
1: right whether or not we learn really soon after in the next scene you know who did it who didn't do it and we were told as an audience members sort of columbo style that they got the wrong guy the person that gets arrested has been
0: framed as the shooter yeah we quite clearly that jai courtney did the shooting yeah so david a assesses the crime scene he's the lead detective and he goes and
1: arrests emerson is that his name
0: james barr yeah, Emerson. Right, yeah. Emerson. Yeah. And under interrogation, he doesn't say a word. He just writes three words on a piece of paper: "Get Jack Reacher." Amazing. So, what do we learn about Jack
1: Reacher? That he gets some. <laughs> oh boy, he does. But he do- we don't know how much. But that's just the first shot we see of him. Well, yes, but then as we
0: like piece together little bits of him Frankenstein style, as uh, as David Ayello was explaining to. Uh, Richard Jenkins, who Jack Reacher is, his his yeah. history as a military yeah, cop-style yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. There's a lot of ogling going on of uh, Tom Cruise. He goes to pick there's up a, a, a second-hand a shirt from a charity shop and some boots. Yeah, no, no, there's a lot <laughs> when he you goes mean, and gets. You the... mean you're ogling him. No, because we haven't seen him yet. Yeah, we're only seeing little pieces of him. Yeah. But the woman in the thrift store is giving him their look. The woman at the Western Union office is giving him some eye as well. Well,
1: it's a it's a pawn shop, but and there's a Western right, okay. Union desk or whatever
0: yes and so david yellow is explaining to richard jenkins you don't find jack reacher unless he wants to be found at which point there's a jack reacher here to see you
1: yeah (laughs) it's amazing out of all of we talked about the cruise entrances Uh, this is by far my favorite really yeah it really is and and the last time i remember saying what an entrance i was laughing at it and I, i couldn't take it seriously and that was in days of thunder what about rock of ages it's not, 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 the same. I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed the Days of Thunder entrance. That was the last time I remember saying, "Wow, that's an amazing great, yeah. entrance." Yeah. This is, this is like my by far my favorite entrance of Tom Cruise. How cool is that? Can you can you get any cooler than? How are we going to find this guy? He finds you. Then he walks in. It's it's, it's also cheesy, but the tone is perfect. It's done, well, and that's not the other thing. Way.
0: At the same time as Macquarie yeah. doing this very muscular. Very direct kind yeah. of filmmaking. He doesn't forget to lace in humor. That's right. that's just saying, oh yeah, my this guy is kind of ridiculous, and everyone's looking at him going, "Are you real?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm real. Are yeah, you real?" Right. But I've got something to do now,
1: so let's not talk about it. You get on his side, and so it's like, even though everyone else thinks he's ridiculous, he's like, he's not being ridiculous. He's he's just it, direct. He's, he's direct. Really direct. Yeah. He does things his way. He's not full of shit, you know, like other as some people might be. Two minutes after he's
0: walked into the office, they take him to go and see Barr, who's now in a coma because he got the shit kicked out of him on the way to jail. And Reacher says, like, I want to see his records or whatever. I want to see his files. And they say, I only once you to answer some questions. And before he's even finished the sentence, she just goes, bye. Just turns around, walks out. No, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to play your game. No. You give he, me what I need yeah. or
1: I'll find another way. Yeah. It's not, he's not interested. And so it's also about the intelligence, but it's intelligence in like the most, morally sound he's not a hero he's not trying to be a hero he's not moral in the way that superman's moral he's forthright in his direct pursuit of what he knows to be true yes truth and, and just sort of rightness he's not corrupt
0: i think that's yeah. the thing there's there's corruption but he's not a hero because he is yeah. a, he is a killer he's quite yeah, happy he to get his, to it. He his hands it. bloody he says it very clearly i'm not a hero yeah.
1: i'm gonna drink your blood from my yeah, boot
0: but there's kind of there's a fairness to him, and I, and I think it's not necessarily the letter of the law. It's just this is wrong, and this is less wrong. So I'll go yeah. with the less wrong. Thanks.
1: Yeah. And on that on that thing of like people saying who the hell are you? I don't know. They're saying goodbye at the end of that scene, and Emerson just like he says, "Weird meeting you." <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise is like Tom Cruise is like, yeah, you too. I know it's weird. Like I know this is weird kind of thing. It's really nice.
0: So then we get introduced to Rosamund Pike. There's a really nice dynamic between uh, Rosamund Pike's uh, Helen Roden character and Jack Reacher. And I think Lee Child actually spoke about this and he said, in any other situation, they may well be a romantic coupling. But Possibly. It's, yeah. it's not appropriate for this story. No. Or for these characters within this setting. No. So did. Jack Reacher, although he may be attracted to her, he's not going to go there because he has a
1: job to do. It complicates things.
0: Yeah. And I think there's another dynamic within that that's really great when she says to him, will you promise me that you will look at Barr objectively? Because he has a past yeah, yeah. with him and he thinks that he's yeah, yeah. the kind of guy who would kill five people randomly. And he yeah. got away with it once before on a technicality. Yeah. And Reacher says to her, only if you look at the victims objectively.
1: Yeah, now that's
0: yeah. a really nice twist because... It is. He's asking her to do the same thing. Yeah. Just because they're victims, it doesn't mean they're innocent, is sort of what right. he's saying.
1: And, and what he's also saying is that this is how we actually investigate. The whole investigation from all sides needs to be looked at objectively. I'll, I'll go do that. I'll investigate but and you investigate the victims. It's a test of character. It's lots of things he's asking her there in that moment. Because if she sort of fails on that, he's going to be out as well. He won't, you'll stop engaging with her because it'll also give him the information he needs that, She's involved in some way or whatever it is that he needs. It's really smart throughout. Everything feels really smart throughout. And also you feel like, I've said this before, like you feel like you're in good storytelling hands. Right.
0: So this is the thing, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's really, really confident filmmaking. Yeah. It's stripped down to exactly what is required to keep this thing moving forward. Yeah. And also those, those great montages that show you what you've already seen but from a different angle to give you the extra bit of information. Right. So it's quite, it's it's asking the audience to question what they believe about what happened yeah. at the same time as the two lead investigators, let's yeah. say, are yeah. finally piecing together bits of this puzzle. And that is just good filmmaking up
1: and right. down. I mean, the first 40 minutes, I start making notes. It's like a black hole of of enjoyable film watching. I couldn't think outside of the film, which is really rare for me. To just be that sucked in, I normally got a part of my brain on something else, but I was just I was into it, even though I'd seen it before, which is like yeah. again super rare. I just want to mention
0: like Ros Pike again quickly because sure. there is something about Rosamund Pike's eyes that is they are a cinematic wonder. I don't know <laughs> how she is able to do everything just with her eyes because she's yeah. not a big melodramatic actress at all. No. Everything is in her eyes, no, no. and it's it's pretty incredible. So. Yeah. If you want the cliff's notes on uh, Rosamund Pike, An Education, Jack Reacher, The World's End, Gone Girl, and The United Kingdom. Five great films, five great Ros Pike performances. Get yeah. on it. That's all That's all I want to say.
1: I've got a lot of time for her. And yeah, this viewing, I thought she was in what is by far an excellent movie that's very difficult to pick anything bad about it. She's the weakest of incredibly strong links (laughs) okay i don't want to criticize her or her performance in any way there were just a couple things that i can't i can't really put my finger on that okay what's happening there like is that and i don't know that's her fault or a direct it's not her fault at all as an actress no no way but it's like it's the character it's the character there has
0: been hmm. well i don't think it is the character i think we need to tackle something that's that's sort of staring in you you in the face throughout the film is that she was pregnant during this film the film was criticized somewhat for at the same time as making Helen Roden a smart counterpiece yeah. to Jack Reacher, objectifying her in a way that they didn't Tom Cruise. And I think that's a little unfair when that's her true. her body is going through a process yeah, that but, just happens to put her boobs out there. But it's also not there.
1: true that they didn't objectify Tom Cruise.
0: No, we're just so used to seeing him without his shirt on.
1: Yeah, that... That is uh, probably my favourite shirtlessness, actually, which we have to tick
0: because it's commented on.
1: Yes, would you he's... please put a shirt on? Yeah, Rosamund Pike <laughs> says that. Like he's standing there without a shirt, and he's like, and he's holding his shirt that he's just literally he just washed, and he said, "This is my shirt." Yeah, but yeah, I I don't know, man. It's like any time you have a beautiful woman showing her assets, she's objectified, and any time you have. An overweight or might like, maybe less attractive woman showing her assets. That's body positive. So it's like. Well, what, what I think is interesting about <laughs> that is
0: if you look at Gone Girl, I, I don't think you've seen it, have you?
1: I haven't seen it, no. Right.
0: Just from a, the, the point of view of how much of Rosamund Pike you see, you could argue that she's more objectified in that film. But because that film is largely story, from her point of view, story, yeah. and yet it's about her, it's right. not objectification. In this, it just so happens. There's a few shots of her cleavage. That's literally all it is.
1: But that's what what I'm trying to say is that it's not like she's wearing anything else. Mm -hmm. It's not like she's wearing anything that a lawyer wouldn't wear. That's no,
0: what anyone in an office would wear.
1: Right. Yeah. How can it be objectification? I mean, even if the only way it's objectification is if Rosamund Pike said, no, I don't want to wear that. And the costume department said, you have to. And the producers made her wear it.
0: The ridiculousness of it is that we're making a much bigger thing about this than the film ever does yeah so let's cut it doesn't at all no 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 but I think it's a point worth making because I don't think there is anything wrong with Ros Pike
1: in this or her character there isn't no but that's not what I'm talking about so when I said that there's bits that I'm saying "Ah, I'm not so sure about Rosamund Pike. like when I call Rosamund Pike the weakest link it's pretty hard to break that link you know it's not she's not the weakest link it's there's something about her character that felt off and and if I I think as we're talking, I'm able to put more of my finger on it. And that's nothing to do with the objectification debate, which I had no awareness of even. I, I didn't even know that people had made comment on it when this movie came out. Sound ye olde spoiler klaxon. It's more to do with right near the end. Why isn't she absolutely terrified? There is nothing in her story or about her character that makes me think, yeah, fine, she's a fighter. She's got gumption. She's going up against her dad, who's the district attorney, and she's taking a case that's fighting against him. I get all that. But none of that is character development that makes me think she wouldn't be petrified in the scene near the end. Like, why? Why? So Yeah, I'm
0: not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I yeah. also I don't think that she's not terrified at the end
1: she doesn't need histrionics
0: or you know no no no, no. and I, I agree
1: but when you make the comment like she does everything with eyes she wasn't doing it it wasn't happening for me in that scene i i wasn't seeing the terror she's in a pretty bad position there they're yeah, like she's
0: got a gun to head yeah
1: there's a lot of threatening moments it goes on for a long time she doesn't do anything right there's nothing well
0: maybe alex it's because yeah. she knows she she's got nothing to worry Peacher. about,
1: yeah, because, because Jack Reach is just around the corner. And because she's smart, she's got nothing to worry about. Yeah, maybe. But that's the one thing, all right? That's yeah. my one niggle. I've got it out there. So we've got a whole, like, we've, we've got the setup. We've got Tom Cruise, like, really sort of
0: starting to wear his age. And it really suits this character... Clearly setting up something to supersede Ethan hunt, and it's great it's a very good fit of those things because he can still be physical, yeah but more importantly he has to be smart and it's not about athleticism it's about sort of blunt force trauma with <laughs> blunt um, force trauma yeah, and that's never epitomized better than in the the punch up outside the bar, which is Man, just that's it the first guy a, fight a brilliant
1: scene. And if you didn't know who Jack Reacher is at that point, then now you do. If I was if I was making this movie, I would have released nothing except for I just would have released a teaser that would be the whole bar scene. From the moment Sandy comes and sits down at his table to the moment that the cops come and arrest him after the five guy fight. I just I just have the bit in the parking lot. The way that he's sort of bored It's on the street. It's on, well, the, it's on the it is. street, yeah, man. Yeah, it's like but outside the bar on the street. He just wants to get it over with. He's not yeah, he's not. Like, Come on, he's not he's interested is. at
0: all. He's just no. appraising the situation. He knows yeah. how it's going to go. He's telling yeah. Josh Hellman how it's going
1: to go. Yeah. And that's how it goes. Is that guy Stifler's brother? He's ugly Stifler, isn't he? They're not related, right? No, they're not. I love it. And I'm going to say it because we're talking about the scene now. It's my favorite series of lines in the movie. Stifler's brother says, I'm going to, you know, let's take this outside. Oh, no, he says, it's your choice. Yeah. I can I can beat you up here or beat you up outside or whatever. And Tom Cruise says, pay your check first. He says, I'll pay later. You won't be able to. You think? All the time, you should try it. It's a funny joke, but... I'm going to beat your ass. And the whole way he plays that scene is is crucial to his character development. We are being told pretty much everything we need to know about Jack Reacher in that scene. With his dialogue, with the way he's handling the situation. yeah. yeah. Every line is designed to sort of diffuse it, but also to work out what the hell's going on here. People don't just pick fights with me in a bar. That, yeah, that exactly. Happen.
0: It's clearly a put on. And I think the other thing is that the reason that he's so bored and he's saying to him, just remember, you wanted this. Is yeah, that, that was brilliant. He's clearly been against much tougher guys in much more difficult situations. You see that from the scars all over his body, like yeah. he's been through some shit. This is... This is just playtime for him. He knows it's going to be over in 30 seconds. So what does he do? He punches them all in the balls a lot. lot. There's a lot of ball ball punching in this
1: one. Yeah, it's great. Ball hitting, knee breaking. It's pretty good. Again, it's witty. It's tough
0: and it's exciting. But the way that it's shot, it's not elaborate choreography. It's not shaky cam or fast editing. It's just this is what's happening. This is what's happening. That just happened right and all of this is happening at the same time as like you said as he's assessing what's going on with these guys he's also figuring out how does this fit into why i'm in town yeah, so yeah. it's pushing the story forward again yeah it is it's not gratuitous
1: it's just so so lean and so tight and funny yeah right yeah really really good uh, really good and you know i think the sandy character is actually quite good it, uh, a good thread throughout and we'll come back to her in a minute if we're in a in a classic action movie the cops come at that moment and we think, oh, no, the cops are here. He's got to run. Yeah. No, but they've he, been he outside. Doesn't. They've been outside all of 60 seconds. Yeah. He doesn't have to run. And He's like, well, oh, that was fast. That's uh, a great response time or something like that. And so yeah, it's like, exactly. So he just says he, he works it out in that minute. He's like, nothing's going to happen here because this is the cops were called before this happened. Yeah. Or they're a part of the puzzle, too. Or they're a part the of it. The cops are in on it. Any, yeah. any, whatever it is. Yeah. And the next scene, you just see him. Like saying, let me guess, no one's pressing charges. Yeah. He's just so cool in that scene. and But again, the whole thing is, his coolness in this is summed up by a bit of dialogue he has with Rosamund Pike. She says, should I be scared? And he says, are you smart? And she says something like... Obviously, yeah. Obviously, or, yeah. And he says, well, then you've got nothing to be afraid of. Because, and it's not because... Being smart will make you work everything out, and you've got nothing to be afraid of. It's because you're not going to do anything stupid, is what he means. And implicate yourself, or, or alert these people that we think are part of some larger conspiracy. Mm-hmm. We're going, you're not going to alert them, and she's. But she's still not fully on board with that yet. I mean, in that scene, she's getting on board, and there's part of her that thinks throughout that actually, maybe Jack Reacher's some crazy guy, a wacko nut job, inventing conspiracy theories. Well, the tension there is that. He
0: initially is there to make sure that James Bard doesn't get away with it this time. He wants him put in the ground. Her job is to make sure that justice is served and actually she's there to protect him. So it's a really great dynamic and that's where that objectivity thing comes from. But in terms of the larger conspiracy, we then get the two most important parts of that, or two of the most important parts of it explained to us. We get the, the victim montage um, which is really upsetting, I think,
1: yeah, the way that it, it's the yeah. other side of the story. It's from their point of view. Right, so we eventually do get that. Having yeah. been focused on the crime scene right at the beginning, it, I found it quite harrowing, actually. I agree. I'm agree. i glad you said that, because it was already pretty pretty horrible watching these people die on the other end of a scope, even though, obviously, I'm watching a movie. And then you get to see their nice, happy lives.
0: Yeah, and the sheer panic of before that. Before they were killed,
1: yeah. and it's like... And it's a
0: genius stroke to end with the nanny running, like running for her and the little girl's life. Just yes. telling her, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Gunshot. And you don't see it.
1: You but don't, that, yeah, They're the ones you really don't want to get hit. Well, you don't want any of yeah. them to die, really. You're not thinking you want them to die. But for some reason, that's how our brains work. It's like, I was relieved when it was the lonely guy on the bench that he he went into t- to target, right? I don't want the little girl and the nanny to get shot. Well, no. You know someone's going to get shot. Especially because like...
0: the guy on the bench was cheating on his wife, so, you know. Fuck yeah, him. but we
1: don't know that <laughs> at the moment. But it's, there's something about that. That's a prejudice or a bias. It's like, why are we okay with that? Why are we more okay with...
0: It, that's a, just about innocence, though, isn't it? Like a, a The guy man on dying. the bench had a chance to fuck up his life the little girl didn't
1: No, I'm talking about right at the beginning. Like I got no idea who that guy is.
0: Yeah, because he's yeah, but he's a middle-aged man. It's always going to be sadder that a little 5-year-old girl gets killed than a 50-year-old right. man.
1: Yeah, but even the nanny, right? I don't know. Well, yeah, because she gave her life to protect the little girl. And the closer I get to being a 50-year-old man, the, the more the, harsh the more I'm seems. like yeah. I don't want to die, you know. Yeah.
0: Right. So, 45 minutes in now, loving it. Solid. Can't yeah. wait to see what the rest of this film has to offer. Hang on a second. What the hell is this? Werner bloody Herzog. That's what it is. Yeah. What the hell is Werner Herzog doing in this right. as the big bad boss? Right. I don't know, but I love it. He yeah. is genuinely creepy. And he,
1: in one scene, just how can you mess with that guy? It's totally, totally terrifying. And I would be that guy. right? I would be the hood there you know some bimbling guy who fucked up he didn't get it right he thinks he fixed his problem by killing the person and and distributing the body as he says yeah but they're like no we don't do things that way you should have come to us and asked us what to do you can use me man well just tell me what to do and i'll fix it survive don't say fix it you can't but then like his whole story about being the prisoner yeah and biting off his fingers He's got to save He's got one finger and one
0: thumb out of all of his digits. All of the others he chewed off in a Siberian prison. Yeah.
1: It looks like he saved his, his trigger finger, basically. it's
0: well, just so he can still look in the mirror and kind of do a Fonzie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or, or pick his nose or whatever, Happy
0: days. right? Happy Sit on it.
1: <laughs> that's it. That bimbling guy, he, you know, so then he says, prove it. Prove to me that you'll do anything to survive. What do I do? And again, it's the silence. It's the Reacher said nothing moment that's throughout this movie. Talk about nailing it. Someone saying, oh, how do you put something like that in a movie? I think a movie is uh, perfect. Like the film format is perfectly suited to to play out a line like Reacher said nothing. In a book, you've got to write it. You can't just have like a blank page. But in a movie, you can have silence. You can have pausing. You can have glances. You can have looks. It's great. And there's a lot of that in this, even though it's Jack Reacher's not in that scene. Yeah, it's still a lot is said in the moment when Herzog is just staring at him blankly, like, "Of course, you know you have to do." And he's and I'm thinking, like, "How would I do it? How would I bite my finger off? Would I? Could I? Well, no, I definitely, definitely not. Definitely definitely not. And even though he's faced with the exact same dilemma. I'm going to die unless I bite my finger off. And that's why the Zek is so terrifying. Because yeah. his
0: his line, when the guy says, I can't, I can't. He says, always the bullet. I don't understand. Like, to him, yeah. that's the illogical thing. To you and me, it's like, just fucking kill me. Because I'm not going to be able to chew my fingers off. I can't off. do it.
1: And he tries, but to him. That's the sad thing. He tries. He asks yeah. for a knife. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. can I have a knife? And then he's like, did I have a knife? Yeah. <laughs> no. He's like the cockroach after
0: the nuclear winter he'll do whatever it takes to survive and that's
1: what this other guy can't it's a little bit unfair actually like herzog's being a bit stupid because if your hands are like going black because of frostbite and the gangrene's moving down your hand and you've got to bite your fingers off to get them off they're frozen they're numb probably already probably quite easy to bite off
0: yeah okay Also, he's an idiot for going for the thumb first. Arguably the hardest one, right? Yeah. Start with the pinky.
1: Start with the little
0: finger. Just a knuckle,
1: even, you know? But yeah, the thing is, it's not just bite off one finger. He's saying, the finger's from your left hand. It's like, let's say you get past one. (laughs) Right? Let's just say. So fine, he doesn't do it. He takes the bullet. A few scenes later, I can't remember, you see another henchman with the fingers bitten off. The big stocky guy.
0: Yeah, Vlad.
1: He passed the test, that guy.
0: Yeah, he's clearly nails. And this other guy is just a bloody street rat.
1: Yeah. I'm not signing up for Hurtog's organisation. The conspiracy's afoot. We know the players. Unfortunately,
0: to clean up some of the mess, Jai Courtney has to kill lovely little Sandy. Before that, I like when uh, Cruz goes to see Sandy.
1: Oh, I'm so glad we came back to that. Yeah.
0: She's stuck in this kind of cycle of just offering herself to men to try and get her out of a shitty situation. And she tries it with Reacher and he that's just, weird. he's going to leave and he just turns to her and he actually gives her some life advice. And he says, you know, you don't have to let these guys yeah. use you. Yeah. And she says, that's just what girls like me do. And she's about to cry when she's saying it, but I like that there's a, a self-awareness there. She's not yeah. a victim. But she's also not going to do much to help herself.
1: Jack, Rich is clearly a bad dude from her perspective, and so he knows that there's no reason why she should be into me.
0: Yeah, but he's the real deal. Whereas Jeb yeah. or whatever his name yeah, is, they're not. Is yeah. a yeah, exactly. He's just no, a no, wannabe.
1: no. That's true. So I guess her her compass for safe guys isn't completely broken, but it kind of is. But before that, so I of, of course I like that human moment, but. Just, again, the way he interrogates her, it's so precise. This guy's a sniper in every sense. I'm assuming he has sniping training, like he's an excellent... Sh- we learn he's an excellent shot. Another actor who we've yet to mention, but we won't mention him just yet. No, not yet. But he
0: does say that he saw him at a shoot 10 years before. So yeah, he's obviously before, a competitive yeah. shooter at
1: some point. Yeah, Right. That precision, that stealthiness, the directness, the cleanness of it. It's like in every aspect of his life, that's his approach. You know, he leaves no trail. He's minimalist in his possessions. He he literally only has the clothes on his back, yeah. and, you know, cash in his pocket. That's it. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. but it's, it's appealing. It's really appealing. And, and yet in his old dialogue and everything, there's like, that's how he approaches. And that's, what's great about that scene with Cindy life. is yeah. that
0: he kind of, he just forces his way in there to, he's going to, he's not going to stop. He's not going to get stopped by Gary or whatever his name is. The guy on the front <laughs> desk. It's like that guy doesn't have the. He doesn't have the wits to stop Jack Ritchie. So he's going to get into that back office. And eventually he's just like, I'm just going. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So you're right. He sort of manipulates Sandy into getting what he wants. But then when he turns it on her and he says, look, you're a sweet girl. You're pretty. Yeah. And he looks behind her and he just says, you're clearly smart because you're doing Gary's books for him. It's a, It's a throwaway line. But it tells you that within 30 seconds of walking in that room. He's, he's got, got all the information all that he needs. He's worked it all yeah, out exactly,
1: and that's the detective bit. That's yeah. the Sherlock bit, and he, he's cooler than Sherlock because he's not a he's not a jerk. <laughs> he doesn't treat people badly. We're learning. We learn in that scene with Sandy that he's a good guy. No, she is a victim. Yeah. She doesn't
0: see herself as a victim, but he sees her as a victim, yeah. and she's going to continually be victimized unless she removes herself from the situation. And if she's not going to go permanently, two yeah. days will do it. Get out of town for a
1: couple of days. She doesn't listen.
0: She doesn't, but I do think when she comes up against Jai Courtney, there is something, there is a recognition within her that, oh, here's another guy who wants to use me because I'm a piece of meat. And I can smile and I can be sweet and I can send him on his way, but it's a step towards saying, I'm not going to let these guys do it to me anymore. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But unfortunately, it doesn't play because Vlad... Vlad's right behind her. It's horrible. We've also had uh, Jack Reacher's little bathroom and hallway incident with another couple of uh, again hoods. Another great fight. It's incredible. Injected with
1: humour. Injected with humour. Like It's right? so
0: ridiculous. And I think that's the sort of scene that some people would go, "No, this is over the top now." Where the two guys are trying to go at him, these two big guys, but yeah, they're you too excited. Kind of believe it.
1: You kind of believe I that. I totally yeah. believe that. If you, Yeah. If, I mean, and they're not adding in, like, Home Alone sound effects or anything, you know, right. to, to make it, like, boing, boing, But they're in a cramped space, and they've gone in there with baseball bats. And they're big uh, and dudes. And they're two big dudes. Yeah,
0: exactly. They're all over the place. But the way that he uses them against each other, where he's
1: smacking the one guy's head into the yeah, other. horrible. <laughs> horrible but funny. But also the believable bit about that scene is that Jack is not untouched. Like, he gets a whack to the back of his head. It knocks him out almost.
0: When I saw it in the cinema, that was the bit I thought bullshit. Now, like you would, you would have at least lost a couple of teeth. You'd be unconscious because he, he does get a baseball back to the back of the head. But when I was watching it this time, this is the detail of the film. The bat doesn't hit him full square on; it no, hits the it, door frame as well. It's so smart, which takes yeah. some of the shock out of it. So it's still going to still going to mess you up.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you noticed that because it's it would be so weird in a film with such precision with such care taken over the detail of the storyline of the script it's like anytime you think ah that's not believable there is a detail that then makes it believable so another one of those things is when we're learning how deep the conspiracy goes how long they, they've been planning setting up a bar for, for these murders yeah at first I was thinking god that's a there's a lot of setup here to kill this the owner of the construction company right that's really elaborate. Like, why would you set somebody up and frame them? And why would you do it this way? Why not just kill her? If you really want no one look ever looking at you, no one, an open and shut case, you buy off the right people, you set it up, you have a patsy, no one will ever look at the case again, unless Jack Reacher gets involved. But if you if it's really going to undermine your interests, why not? Why wouldn't it be elaborate? And then they reveal that, yeah, they had actually been planning for a really long time. they have been setting this guy up as a patsy for a long time. So, yeah, because we, so then we learn Jai Courtney's um, befriended James Barr.
0: Well, before we learn that, you're missing a very crucial part. So, when the film came out, there was a lot of talk around how the central set piece was this seven minute car chase, and it was incredible, and this was the reason to see the film. And it is great. Like, it's a really, again, a muscular, noisy, painful sequence. Reminded me of um, the car chase in Ronin. But I think this, I think now, you know, Having seen it a few times and, and looking back on it, it's not the sequence that I remember the film for because there's no. so much more going no. on in the film. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a bit of a shame that it was it was sold on that almost right. solely as the reason to see it. Now there is a, something in that car sequence apart from the fact that it's I, I love the way that the the sequence ends with him just stepping out of the car right. And the guy putting the cap on him. So cool. That's awesome. It's
1: awesome. so cool. Like blending into the crowd. But
0: yeah, the other thing about that, that car sequence, and, and the thing that actually genuinely does elevate it, is Tom Cruise did all
1: his driving. Okay. And, you know, I, I could see that he was clearly driving a car. Yeah. But he did all the driving? He did
0: all of the driving. Yeah. Jesus. He, like, um, e-
1: every time you see that car, that red car, yeah, doing any stunt, it's yep. Tom Cruise in the driver's seat.
0: To the extent that there's a bit where he comes out of the tunnel. They're in parallel tunnels. Yeah. He comes out of the tunnel. He skids across the road and he smashes into the uh, the water barrel barrier. Yeah. And uh, and he stalls the car. He I mean, wasn't supposed to. But Macquarie just loved it so much. He said, we're not going again. That's that's part of the scene now. These guys are getting away. You need to get this car started again. That's it. That's, that's what we're doing so brilliant and there's even a bit where i think I he, love that. he accidentally like swerves too hard out into the road and clips something so it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. all it's all cruz now if you think that's mental you have to know that first of all that was cruz's insistence and he worked pretty much 30 hours straight with two different units uh, to get sequences like that done and bring the film in on budget but if you think it's crazy when he's bombing around in a muscle car in this film, wait until we get to Rogue Nation and see some of the driving that he does in that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so so here's the thing is that when you hear about actors getting, you know, 10 million, 20 million salaries, that's come on. Like, and when we heard it for Arnie, I was like, what are you doing to deserve that? Yeah. But when you hear the work that actors like Tom Cruise and. Adam Sandler? Uh, no. Keanu Reeves <laughs> and Carrot Top. Yeah. The, the, the effort that they put into their parts, like Keanu Reeves, especially like for John Wick, and, yeah, man. You know you're working hard for your.
0: Yeah, I don't know that you deserve twenty million, but you're no. doing
1: everything you can to earn it. Right, right, and and Tom Cruise is definitely he's not he's definitely someone you can't say now nah, you're not working hard. He's working hard. You're getting your value for your money if you get Tom Cruise in, exactly, in, and right? this is the Jackie Chaniness of him. It is. You it don't is. just
0: get an action star. You don't just get a movie star. You don't just get a great actor. You get it all. You get a living special effect with Tom Cruise. All of it. And there's not many actors you can say that about.
1: No. Soon after the car chase, uh, you know, he calls Rosamund Pike. He says, I'm stealing your car. <laughs> He's basically getting her on her side, on his side even more.
0: Oh, and he lets her know that either David O'Yellow or Richard Jenkins are in on it.
1: Yeah. Uh, which is good. It's a nice, nice little scene. It's important. But then he drives, you assume, through the night to get to the gun range that he's asked Rosamund Point to uh, investigate. There's a theory that Barr must have been practicing at a gun range that had a huge yeah. range, yeah, a, a really long, long range to practice sniping. Who's there running the range? Who's the guy? his old buddy from days of thunder right Robert,
0: Robert Duval. Duval.
1: His old mentor. Harry Hogg. Harry Hogg. That was his name. Harry Hogg. I don't know what his name in this is. You he call, he call him Gunner. Gunner.
0: Yeah, Gunner and Army. They refer to each other as, don't they?
1: Yeah, that's right. The chemistry between them's almost identical to that of Days of Thunder. And that's probably just because it's Tom Cruise and Robert Duvall. But the way they're playing it, it's like... Maybe it's just because we've been doing this podcast. I don't know that anybody would necessarily remember them as Cole Trickle and Harry Hogg. That classic partnership.
0: I think most yeah, people remember yeah, it, yeah. yeah, but, you know...
1: Maverick and Goose, sure, right? But yeah. but I was. <laughs> I was thinking about it.
0: Well, I wasn't. I was genuinely trying to rack my brains like, I know we've talked about Robert Duvall before. Really? And I just thought, oh, it's the sixth day, it's the ornithology link. No. I totally forgot he was in Days of Thunder.
1: I didn't. And so it took me right into the Cruiserverse.
0: Dun, 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 dun! Woo! Boom! Boom!
1: If you Boom! wish to make a
0: movie star from scratch, you must first...
1: The and the way that robert duval says you know oh oh hi like the way he says hi to him is a bit like should i know you there's a tiny moment where he's got this look of recognition on his face like should i know you? i think he might even say a line like that or something and that's why i started thinking about the cruisiverse because it's just like yeah you should know this guy he's time traveling quantum leaping Cold trickling, alternate universing Tom Cruise. And you have stumbled into the Cruiserverse. And what Tom Cruise is doing as a Cruiserverse jumper is paying his old buddy a visit. He's not really interested in the Jack Reacher story. I mean, he is and he isn't. He's putting the timeline together bit by bit. And he's gone to visit his old mentor, who in an alternate reality was Harry Hogg. He doesn't remember that, but he does have that feeling. He's got an itch he can't scratch. I should help this guy out. So that's it. That's my cruiser wrestling. Because okay. we've been saying the whole time yeah, that I... what's happening with the Cruiserverse is that Jack Reach is really the, the character that's closest to to Tom Cruise's real self.
0: Yeah. So if Tom Cruise is going through life, having all these different adventures, on the world scale, he's trying yeah. to influence things as Ethan Hunt. E- Ethan Hunt, yeah. But then there are some things that that just stick in his craw and he needs to deal with them off the grid just for his own peace of mind and that's jack reacher that's where yeah. he gets involved and it's exactly we've got right. all the
1: military background that we've seen in all of his other yeah. films all his skills everything is all there yeah his voice of reason's prominent he's a yeah. smart guy he's not just being an asshole in that daval
0: sequence there's again it's this really nice dynamic where they're both withholding information from one another and they both know that the other person is withholding that information, and little by little they start to let the other person know. I know who you are, and I know that you know who I am. And yeah. it, it's really, really nice that when um, Jack Reacher gives his his fake name, it's uh, Aaron Ward, right? Yeah. And Deville goes, "Ward is it? Like he knows that's it. He that's knows the moment. Yeah. yeah, that it's a it's a nineteen twenty five second baseman, right? Right." And then when they're out on the range, he gives him his practice shot. And then he goes, okay, now it's for real. Play ball!"
1: Like, yeah. that's a, such a nice touch. It's so detailed, right? Yeah, really nice. And, and it's, it's, the, it's all those touches in this scene that make me go meta with it and go, well, this is the crux of the Cruiserverse here. This is, this is almost like breaking the fourth wall here. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Chris McQuarrie knows about the Cruiserverse. Tom Cruise sat him down one day and said, look... There's this idea out there that I don't want people to really know about, but I kind of do. It's called The Cruise of Earth, and it And what it is is actually that I am actually all of these characters that I've been playing in these films. Now, I don't to really think I'm nuts. And Chris Chris, whoa, 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 Tom, Tom. I'm way ahead of you, man. I really know. I met a guy. In fact, I'm going to cast him in this film. His name's Carl Reese, And he got sent to the wrong time. Carl Reese is gonna help me jump through time. I
0: think right? I think my second least favourite entry what's, in the Cruiserverse what's wrong? so far what's wrong, is, is first of all that we are now a part of it. That's my second least favourite thing. Right. My least favourite thing about right. any entrance in entry into the Cruiserverse is that I have to acknowledge Jai Courtney as Carl Reese for this to work. Right. So, so I are am you t-
1: are you telling me you're vetoing this thing? I
0: am writing it out of canon. I'm not having it. I am not recognizing Jai Courtney
1: <laughs> as Carl <Kyle> Reese. <laughs> Listen man, I want to agree with you, I really do, but it's time travel. We yeah. can't, can't fuck with the timeline, man. Everybody knows that. I mean, it, I admittedly, when I was formulating the theory, I thought it was a bit out there. The 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 bit that it I'll go it along doesn't with, make much sense.
0: The bit that I'll go along with is that, much like deja vu, timelines will sit sort of in parallel to one another, and that that look sometimes that you'll get from someone of like, do you know what I know? Do you know that I know what I know? Like from Robert Duvall, you mean? Yeah, exactly. That's that's peeking behind the curtain. And, and every now and then, yeah. Tom Cruise will meet someone and he'll be able to say, yes, you're right, it is me, the guy who's been correcting the course of history. But most people will just go, who's this guy? Who is this guy? Well, that was the main theory I was floating. Yeah, that is exactly. So i love that, but I'm not having caries. Then he's off to a bar. Jack Reacher is off to a bar and he needs to check in on his buddy-o-pal Another Helen bar. Roden. He
1: likes hanging out in bars. Sure, why not? People might start bar fights with you.
0: He's Jack Reacher, why does he need to worry? Yeah, you're right. Anyway, he calls Rosamund Pike on her mobile and uh, she doesn't answer. Carl Reese does. <laughs> you mean Jai Courtney? Well, for this bit to work, he needs to be recognised as Carl Reese.
1: <laughs> <laughs> after,
0: after everything you just said. Yes, Jai Courtney. But this is... I don't know how much of this is Chris McQuarrie and how much of it's Lee Child, and it doesn't really matter to me. This is what separates Chris McQuarrie's tough talk dialogue from almost anyone else who's doing it. Instead of just one phone call, there are three. Because Reacher keeps hanging up on Jai Courtney. It's so great. It's my
1: favorite negotiation scene (laughs) ever. I love it. One of my favorite things is when a movie subverts a cliche, and... It's like, now you listen here. And you just think, you expect that there's going to be some kind of threat that's an insurmountable threat. And he just hangs up on him. Yeah. It's like, brilliant. What's next? And it's so smart because he's just saying, no, this is on my terms. Yeah. It's I don't care whatever else you say. And he says exactly what he needs to say. And he knows that he now has
0: physical evidence that Jai Courtney is a part of this conspiracy. And he can put him away. And that exposes the Zek, which is no good. good. So the fact that he has Rosamund Pike hostage is no longer a bargaining chip. And he says, so I've got all of this. You can have the lawyer. Hangs up. Like, just hangs her out to dry. But then, yeah, when he starts threatening him, hangs up again. Yeah. But then we get, I'm just going to say, this is my favorite line. He calls him back and he just says, you think I'm a hero? I'm not a hero. I'm a drifter with nothing to lose. Now, you killed that girl to put me in a frame. I mean to beat you to death and drink your blood from a boot. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. I, I was aroused.
1: I mean, I'm Batman. I mean, that's a you know, when Sandy's like, "Who are you?" I'm Batman. I swear, man. Tom Cruise or Jack Reacher as Batman—that's the one. But he's that's... not Batman. I'm Batman.
0: I'm drink your blood from a boot, man. Then it's the finale, the climax, the quarry, and I'm not going to go out there and say it's the greatest action scene ever made, or even one of them. But it does show, like once again, just how good a director Macquarie is. Not just a writer. I love the way that he shoots action. It's not flashy. It's not hectic. It's clear.
1: It's clean. Yeah, it's reminiscent of some of the the Bourne films. A little bit of the way the Bond Bond film went with some of the fighting. See,
0: I I, I actually genuinely disagree with that. Because one of the things...
1: No, it's in the same direction. In the same direction. I think it it works
0: in Bourne to have that frenetic, shaky action, fast cutting. You can't really tell what's going on a lot of the time, really,
1: so I agree it's not as clearly sure, but there's a the rawness of it is what I'm right. saying like, so it's not the matrix fighting is what no I'm no saying. exactly it's like, neither like, of those it's it's right. it's clean,
0: but yeah, instead of focusing on choreography or style or anything like yeah. that, it focuses on the geography of what's happening in that sequence right you can so actually you know where tell everyone what's is going on. Yeah. And, and, also, and that's
1: why it, it's a really good story device, because you get the characters remain in the action scenes, whereas so often action scenes can become a bit boring because they're no longer characters. They suddenly become action action stars yeah. for, for a moment, when, and then they flip back to being characters. It's a little bit like a musical. And I reckon there are some people that find action scenes as boring as I find musicals in the sense that everything stops for a moment while we have this action set piece. Yeah. Whereas in this in this film, the action scenes drive the story forward.
0: Yeah, And he emphasizes, although there's a couple of faceless people, pretty much, that turn up just to get shot, he always emphasizes every blow and every bullet so that they all have impact. And yeah. that's key as well, because you, if you had Jack Reacher mowing down 30 guys, yeah. no. it changes the character, like you say, but it's yeah. also...
1: It, it just becomes commando then.
0: It reduces the level of threat. Because yeah. if it's so easy for him to kill other people, then by definition, it's harder for them to kill him.
1: And the thing I love about this scene is the way it's set up. You're, you're absolutely right, man. And uh, and you're right to make the point to say, actually, it's not like Bourne or, or Bond or anything like that. I, I, I do agree with you. But I love the way that this scene starts is you've got Robert Duvall, who now, for some reason, it's like they're old buddies or something. But I'm not against it. I'm totally, I'm totally on board with it. Jack Reacher said, you know, can he's obviously made an agreement with him we don't see this you know come and meet me here and bring me a weapon and so the scene starts with Tom Cruise saying do do you have it and he's like yeah yeah and he pulls out like a (laughs) knife knife, like a a half machete size you know what do you call it a bowie knife
0: yeah David Bowie's a big fan of knives (laughs) right
1: okay so Bowie knife um and Tom Cruise gives him this look that is perfect we talked before about Spielberg really enjoying getting these comical looks out of Tom Cruise. I love this. I laughed hard out loud in a film that's not supposed to be a comedy at all. I, I thought it was a really, really funny moment that broke broke a lot of the tension for me. It was great. And then set me up perfectly for the rest, for what was about to happen. The look basically just says, fucking hell, man. You're literally making me bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> that's... Yeah.
0: He's going into a really well-lit, really open yeah. area. Surrounded by guys with assault yeah. rifles, like tactical yeah. assault rifles,
1: and and a sniper somewhere where they can't see him. Yeah.
0: No way. And he's like, "Well, so just shoot out the lights." No way. I'm not giving away my position. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's great. What do you recommend? Well, you could
1: run. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, it's a great moment. And and so here's where I come back on board with the, the Rosamund Pike character, no, never that I was off off board yeah, yeah. with her. Both her character and the Robert Duval character are necessary to show Tom Cruise's humanity because otherwise he's just this kind of unbelievable Spartan rock hard warrior, you know, you know, he's always going to win. He's not ever worried about his fate and that's nothing could be further from the truth about the character and having those two characters to play off to reveal those sides of him. It's what is again, what makes him such an intriguing and formidable uh, character to, really holds down the the entire movie.
0: There really is only one person who I think would have satisfied the charm and the wisdom and the intelligence and also the physical aspect. But really, it definitely should have been The Rock, shouldn't it? And indeed, he lobbied for the part.
1: If he did Jack Reacher, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to not agree with you. I kind of don't want to.
0: But if someone said, oh, we're going to do a second Jack Reacher verse as a yeah, tv show know. or something like that i'd say get the rock he's the right age
1: yeah listen i think but I, okay i agree in terms of the rock's acting ability but here's an interesting thing after all our comments about how the size doesn't matter i think it does with the rock there's some there's an there's a quality that's been revealed in in this cruise version of jack reacher that i really love and i think might disappear with the rock and that's the unassuming nature Tom Cruise walks into a bar, you take a look, you're like, okay, fine, that's a handsome guy, but yeah. you're not you're not like, who the fuck is that? No, exactly. And the that's... rock walks into the bar, you're like, yeah, you're never forgetting that guy ever. That guy can't disappear. The rock can't just dis- disappear.
0: That is the difference between doing it as a book and doing it as a film, is that yeah. yeah, fine, when you visualize it, yeah, he's a six foot five guy, he's a packer and all of that. But then yes, when you see that guy just in a plaid shirt, yeah, I'm just hanging out in a bar, like, fuck you. No way, you're a man mountain. Because if you're walking through the yeah. street, you do stop and look at those guys. He's not someone who just yeah vanishes. Yeah, no, like so that. that one scene at the bus stop, me. for instance, wouldn't really work
1: with the rock. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right, you don't. The rock doesn't blend into the crowd by putting a cap on. You know, oh, I can't see him. Who is he? Is it that massive guy with a? No, he's got a cap on. He didn't have a cap on before. And it can't be him. So the fight between him and Jai Courtney, I think, is great. And everything that you've already said about fighting, it's all in there really not really nice sequence kind of horrible the, the way he just puts the boot down onto his face and the shot is the boot going down onto the camera and so it feels like uh, yeah i'm not i didn't like that but i get it not everything has to be dark and gritty for me to enjoy it and it goes it, it doesn't overstep the line for me i think it's appropriate and it again it, it sort of punches the point home that uh, this guy's not a hero like Exactly. Don't, don't You're not going to get, the. he's not going to like cuff him and wait for the cops to come and get him. He's like, it's not what's going to happen.
0: Well, let's not forget, he did kill
1: yeah, he killed at Sandy. least four yeah.
0: innocent people. He, yeah, exactly. He killed Sandy. And if you're going to be on board with um, Tom Cruise's dialogue on the phone, then you better believe he's going to
1: fucking follow through with he's it. He's <laughs> a man of his word. That's all you say. Yeah. I like the way that it plays out. I like that. It's like in the final analysis, we realise that He's not only a man of his word, but he's also somebody that is quite happy to deal out justice and that he doesn't really put much faith in justice system. As this story, this story is evidence of that he killed a corrupt cop that had a gun to Rosamond Pike's head. He killed somebody who manufactured the deaths of lots of other people just to um, pursue his business interests.
0: And he has a lack of faith in the system, not just because he's come up against a corrupt cop again and a a conspiracy involving the military again. But as Herzog points out to him, you've killed anyone who can dispute my word against yours. You're the drifter who's come into town and and killed all these people. I'm just an old man. So I'm going to beat this thing. Who do you think the police are going to arrest? He's like, well, yeah, you're right. So I'm going to kill you. <laughs> You're not yeah. gonna survive this one, buddy boy. Yeah. I'm not here it. to take you in. I'm here to make sure this doesn't
1: happen. And it's a great line saying this man is take one look at him, he's clearly a man who will do whatever it takes to survive. Yeah. I also love just little details again, we go on and on about the details, but just before he's about to go in, he takes off the scope on the assault rifle. Yeah. Because it's gonna give him a clearer shot at that range. Yeah. It's just it's just he knows what he's doing.
0: And He's been fighting in the rain for the last half an hour, so his hand is shaking like uh, Samuel Jackson in Loaded Weapon One.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, exactly like that. <laughs> Great sequence, um, nice, nice ending actually. Yeah, the, the nice, nice little epilogue as well.
0: Yeah, it doesn't overstay its welcome. You get some yeah. closure with Bar as well. If I have one nitpick about the film as a whole because I do ah, think you've got one it's com- it, one. for me it's a completely satisfying film and it's one of those films that's quite rare because it is intelligent it is a good thriller it is a satisfying action film and it also feels like a film for grown-ups it's not frothy or pandering to an audience but if i do have a nitpick it's that it isn't really about anything larger other than hmm
1: interesting point yeah
0: that final shot on the coach sort of gets to me because there's someone in a public place being abused and everybody just wants to look out the window. And Jack Reacher is the person who doesn't just look out the window. He's the person that steps in. And that's really the only thing that the film is saying is you don't have to be Jack Reacher, but you could be the kind of person who doesn't let these small injustices slide. Just checking the uh, the classics. We said ogling. He's obviously doing his own stunts. Shirtlessness, voice of reason, and he gets some, albeit off screen. I'm gonna allow looking taller than he is. We we've certainly talked about height. There's an effort to make him look a formidable size, at least he's definitely not rich in this one. No, he's the anti rich in this. I'm not surprised that he doesn't jump off anything. I'm not surprised that he doesn't he doesn't do a do flip a out or a woo. He'd no woos. He hasn't done a woo in ages. I'm super disappointed. And there's no more energy than is necessary. But the one that I thought was a bit surprising that didn't come up was running. He doesn't really do any running in this one.
1: He's not. That does Jack Reacher me.
0: isn't a runner. I mean, even, even in that bit where he steps out of the car and there's police come in and helicopters and all sorts. Just strolls. It's your Budget. $60 million. That's a, sort of a mid-sized Tom
1: Cruise film, I think.
0: But I I do think it looks it. I think it's it's an impressive looking film.
1: Yeah, but but that's not cheap either. It's not cheap. Six million. No, Uh, the film certainly doesn't look cheap. Looking at it though, you get the feeling it could have been done for less. Yeah, doesn't show on screen.
0: Tom Cruise's salary. Yeah, only seven and a half. He's taking Jesus
1: Christ. I was expecting you to say like fifteen or something like that. But obviously, is but it's his production. Yeah, exactly. Production. Now that's what you're getting with the Tom Cruise film. You know, When the film
0: came out, obviously it was set up to be a, a franchise starter, so Cruise and Macquarie and Paramount were looking at the film pretty closely to see what sort of numbers it did to see if this could replace Mission Impossible as the Tom Cruise franchise. Really?
1: Yeah? I wasn't aware of that. That would be sad to replace Mission Impossible. Just because he's he's getting on in years, you know. But why not do it like every other year? Now, at the time, it was considered actually
0: a bit of a flop. Didn't do the numbers that they expected it to do. But I looked up the worldwide gross. 218 million. Pretty decent. I think it had had legs. So we did, obviously... That
1: leaves me with my final note, which is... Why didn't we see more Jack Reacher movies between this film and... So 2016, and this was... 2012. Well, four years is... Not bad, because then we get we got Rogue Nation in between, didn't we? But it's not because of it's not because people are saying, Oh no, we can't do another Jack Meacher movie.
0: Well, they didn't green light it straight away because it didn't make the money that they expected.
1: But that's quite a big profit.
0: But it did take a long time to get there because it sort of had to roll out around the world. But right. what they were looking at was, well, if it's gonna be a franchise starter, are people gonna go back and see it again? So they were looking at the long term DVD sales. Oh, yeah. And apparently it did very well. So that's it, really. You've just got to get the, get the business in place. and um... Yeah,
1: and we'll see, we'll see in a few weeks' time whether or not they were right about the franchise starting.
0: It's your numbers. You haven't seen Never Go
1: Back, have you? I have never seen it. I have never, You've gone, never back gone back and yeah. seen it. Well, would you go back and watch this film again, Alex? Well, Ben, I was so excited about ranking this film that I ranked it already.
0: Fucking hell.
1: Yes, I would. I think this is a film that I've been itching to watch again, and I'm putting it at number four after The Colour of Money, but above Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Mission it, Impossible So give me a so top five. Yeah. Rain Man, Mission Impossible 1, Colour of Money, Jack Reacher, Mission Impossible 4.
0: So my top five at the moment are Magnolia, Rain Man, Top Gun, Ghost Protocol at four, and Valkyrie at 5. I am actually also going to put this at number 4. So it goes wow, above yeah. Ghost Protocol, it's
1: putting pushing Valkyrie down,
0: but below Top Gun. So, yeah. Well,
1: that's again man, you're astonishing me by keeping Top Gun so high up. Top Gun has been out of my top 10 for ages. It's like number 15 or something now. I would be
0: very surprised if Top Gun moves any lower before we're done. Uh, I think there is an argument to go even higher with this film, to be honest, because it's a great role for Cruise. He's really good in every aspect of it. It's a really solid film. I mean, it's... I mean, it's
1: it's it's the perfect
0: Cruise movie. When it came out, it was my favourite film of 2012. Yeah, so that was Jack Reacher. We'll be back with more from him in a few weeks, as you said. Until then, though... Until then, yeah. What's happening? Well, we've got a couple of films in between. Right. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to join me, Alex. Next week, yeah, I I think I'm
1: going to to talk about oblivion. This is this is, I mean, without spoiling it, it's definitely where the cruise list is going to take a wild turn.
0: And until next time, woo! Always the woo. I don't understand. Don't forget, you can jack reach us at the arnithology on Twitter, the arnithology on Facebook, and the arnithology at gmail.com.